0: The gig part.
1: For me it's difficult because if Chelsea aren't playing well or they need something to get someone to get them out of it I don't think they have it So I think they're in a difficult place
0: Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now
1: Brian O'Driscoll on off the ball With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team We all belong to the team of us well, as you know by now, Grand Slam beckons for Ireland. Five o'clock, Aviva Stadium, Ireland against England. Uh, tickets like Hen's Teeth for what would be a first Grand Slam won in Dublin. 1948, Ravenhill, 09, of course, Cardiff and 18 was at Twickenham. Brian O'Driscoll is with us. Good evening. Good evening, Joe. How are you? Very well. Oh, the glasses. Love it. Now, now you're speaking my language. Yeah, yeah. It catches up with us all, Joe. You just got in early. <laughs> I did. Well, um, hey, so, yeah. hey, sorry, were you not... I remember uh, Crow Park against France. You were wandering around with glasses uh, as a player. Yeah, I got my eyes lasered when I was
0: 29. got only got 15 years out of it. And then they're shot to pieces again. So I thought it was just reading. But no, these are very focal. So... Um, I found I couldn't read any graphics on the TV screen when I was in studio. So that was the kind of catalyst for me to go and have them tested. And the girl in Specsavers told me, you probably should have been in a few years ago. So anyway, better late than never.
1: Well, listen, very fetching. Uh, We have a lot to talk about. Uh, Matt Hansen. Let's jump off on him for a moment. Three man of the matches in eight games, which is some going. I don't know if you ever managed three in eight yourself. But somewhere right now, there is a press officer uh, furiously chasing Canson, screaming, "Media training!" Uh, <laughs> no,
0: don't do it. Don't, do it. <laughs> don't, don't sanitize the last of the of the originals. Wow. Him and James Lowe, Um No, you can't. You can't tame. You know that beast, and and rightly so. And I think. Because they're, I think it helps. Obviously, that you know they're they're Australian and and Kiwi of birth, um, and that you get a bit more rope, you know, on your isms or you know your you know what what, um, what your chat looks like and what what is acceptable and not as a result of, of where they've grown up. So uh, the last thing you would want from a media point of view or, or indeed the public at large
1: to, um, to have him change in any shape or form. For people who didn't see the comments. So he's, he's chatting here ahead of the game and uh, he was asked about the Irish English rivalry and he started off ominously by saying, I don't know if I should say too much. and. <laughs> And then took a deep breath. Uh, so he said, there's a fair bit of hatred, isn't there? It's good though. And it, to be fair, he did say this because once the game is done, they're good lads like everyone else. And then here comes the history part. He says, that shit happened how long ago now? Uh, but it does add a bit of fire to the game. And then he was asked if he was aware of this rivalry growing up in Australia. He said, I think everybody hates England in general. So it was something I was aware of for sure. And uh, <laughs> I did see, when the English... Uh, Papers went with Mac Hansen. Everybody hates England as their headline, and Avon Farrell, son of Andy, he said there'll be no uh, there'll be no moves run at own if he's playing. Uh, there'll be a lot of chat about lightly tapping him to the ground. Ha ha ha! So, uh, it, on a on a serious note, as journalists, we all love it. As the public, we absolutely love it. It's great to to have players that are are you know talk and and have character. Uh, would your instinct to be Hey, you know, if you are in, in his in the dressing room, hey, words talk; it's all irrelevant. You be you, Mac, or would you be inclined to say, "Listen, let's not let's not fire anybody up."
0: Um, I think a little from column A, a little from column B. You know, you want people, you want personalities to shine, but within you know the confines of your setup and within kind of the values of what your team and um, sees itself associated with. Um, because the last thing you want to do is actually give inspiration or, or give words of um, of of some sort to a team that's going to motivate them in some shape or form, something to grasp onto. That said, you know, you can talk all you like when you've had three man of the matches in eight games. you know, you're delivering on the pitch, and so I think, we know that mccanson you know is a bit loose-lipped and, and it's great and i think the rest of you know the uk and the six nations will get an appreciation for it the more they see of them so I, th- I think in many cases people take it with a pinch of salt i think that, gone are the days where you know newspaper articles were pinned up on walls as motivation geez if you're having to you're clutching at straws if that's what's inspiring you and that's what's getting you up for you know an international test match Um, But it doesn't mean that, you know, you don't, that hit, that first hit isn't a little bit harder when someone said something that has affronted you. Uh,
1: What about his performance on Sunday?
0: Top, top, top class. Really, really good. Not, not without, you know, without its imperfections. Um, You know, early on, you know, got got nudged off the first tackle, but hung on for for dear life. Um, But beyond, you know, the odd, Miscontrol. I can't even specifically think of it, but it just it it registers that it might have been a little bit of a slower start. But God, did he build into the game brilliantly! I think what's really exciting about him is he's got so much football. Obviously, he's got this—you know—the these meandering runs. You don't know where they're going to end up. But it's it's some of the small detail. And And I said it right back when he got his first cap. Was it against Wales last year? But, it, again, I think it might have been a man-of-the-match performance. Um, but it was not overplaying his hand, understanding space. He really gets playing space. And, you know, it was brought. You know, someone sent me some links about him, the capabilities of playing 10, he's played 15. He's a footballer. And, and I really wonder, and it will be another topic of conversation, Ireland obviously haven't considered him as the third choice 10, you know, potentially that could fit in there. Like we have, we've he's wing and and, or nothing else at the moment, but he's got so much footballing ability in him that um, it's brilliant to see someone that capable of scoring tries and and being a good finisher, but also being a creator as well. And the Conan try, I, I, there was so much to enjoy about that. the, the intellect around the small little move, the change of direction, and the knock-on effect that had to that defensive line, and the uncertainty that that created with Hugh Jones and Van der Merwe is so significant, and it's so small, but it was the difference between the try being scored and not.
1: Mm. You mentioned Hansen's debut. It just reminds me that he was not in that Irish camp very long and straight away Andy Farrell identified that's what I want, akin to the array of scrum halves available. Gibson Park is what I want and many of us catch up later on and Farrell is wonderfully vindicated. He does seem in this, you know, this arsenal of, of, of uh, attributes he brings to being head coach, which, which is like endless at the moment. He does in amongst those attributes seem to be an extraordinary selector
0: yeah, he does, and um, and I'll be the first to admit. Certainly with Mac, that I in the bit that I had seen with Connacht, you know, he was exciting, but so loose. I, I guess I didn't see the football, I, having not seen him playing any rugby for Brumbies for, in, the, in Super Rugby, not having watched him previously. I guess he, you know there was an excitement to him, but I I didn't anticipate him turning out to be the player that he has is becoming or or, or or is full stop um, and that level of football and, and it, it's clear that Andy Farrell has a real eye for what he wants, what he sees, the type of player fitting into his environment and what will work within the systems and um, what will be effective um, to, to the overall game plan. Gibson Park's another component in that, you know, he was vying for that Leinster jersey with Luke McGrath in and out, in out but yes, you know, and I had heard that he had earmarked him before he became uh, Irish resident um, for quite a while, that he just liked an energy he brought. The tempo obviously was huge, but it, it just was clearly definitive with what he saw the Ireland way being.
1: So that's uh, Hanson and that's some of the media talk thus far this week. Let's talk about the game a little bit and then we'll preview England in due course. I saw um, it, was, it was a great line from a Scottish fan who tweeted this, and it went more viral, I suspect, than he had um, planned. So it, it was somewhere during the second half when uh, half the Irish team is injured and they're, they're well ahead, and he just tweeted, "This is like playing the effing Terminator." And it kind of, <laughs> it kind of captured what Ireland brought to the party. What an extraordinary performance in an extraordinary game.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's just another component to kind of reinforce their their mentality that they deserve to be where they are, um, where the, where they should be reckoned with. Like everyone is talking, not just us and in you know the UK and Ireland and, and in Europe, but in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, you know, a lot of I'm getting kind of text messages from friends in Australia and, and New Zealand talking about Ireland being the real deal. Um, that that there's a nervousness down there around the brand that they're playing. So um, the fact that a lot of what they encountered on Saturday is potentially gonna come their way in the World Cup, I think, to be able to have the fortitude and and find a way to not play your best rugby, but play efficient enough rugby to create opportunities for you on on a limited playing deck because of that source of ball at line out, only being able to guarantee it at two, um, but still, to be able to get into their multi phase and create opportunities for themselves was brilliant to watch. It was it was inspiring that they were there was no panic. That there was it was really clear understanding from key leaders within the team what they needed to do to create those chances and. Um, you know, they, I, I felt comfortable, though. I, I, you know, I was texting Luke Fitzgerald you know, throughout the game and he was you know, nervous around it. I, I, I don't know why, but I felt as though there was still we were going to win by a couple of scores. I really did. I just think that we create way more than other sides. And then on top of it, and I think this is the big part, the reason why we should be really excited about the team. I think we've got arguably the best defense in the world at the moment. You know, Springboks will have something to say about that as well. But I think if you look, and I, and I did count out the tries conceded so far in this year's Six Nations, we are top of the tree with conceding five. The next best is France at 10, Scotland 11, England and Wales 14, and Italy 18. Like twice as many by the second best team in, in the world in France. Like that is outstanding defense against teams that threw everything at them. And I know England still have to come, um, but you know, five tries in four games in test match rugby, the way the game is being played now is, is really exceptional. And this doesn't mean that they're not getting bust, but their are scrambling their ability to get back in the point is really something. And case in point was that van der merwe you know, break, you know, it was about the thirty-first or thirty-second minute, where he got you know cr- really well created. They they did a Brumbies play. They stuck the midfield. Gary Ringrose had to make a decision to bite on Finn Russell, and Vandermeer got put through. And I I don't know why he didn't just accelerate, because a guy of his size of strength and and momentum would not have been stopped from ten out if he just accelerated. But he went off his left foot, and Hugo Keenan made the tackle. Somehow he didn't look to get the offload away. Of he got you know almost um. He he got turtled on his back and then and then um Josh van der Fleer and somebody on James Lowe were in to pill for the ball. They're never dead. So when they do get bust, their the last line of defense has been exceptional. And um, and for me, they, they were the only two times Ireland were really stressed in that game was the try and that time. Beyond that, it felt control, it felt as though, okay, it's within our limitations. Um And I think if you you look, if you look over the course of the Six Nations, it's only once or twice in the Welsh game, once or twice in the French game as well, where you really felt squeezed Um, and likewise, you you know, the the Italian game maybe actually a little little bit more, but again, I think that was more of a personnel issue um, in, you know, in that game, players playing out of position and maybe the defence wasn't what it had been um, previously, but I, I'm so impressed. All the talk and all the plaudits is about our attack game and our attack shape. For me, the defensive side of the game is is what could keep you in a World Cup.
1: Mm. Because uh, certainly from 10 minutes to maybe 25 minutes, Scotland were on top. That was when they scored the try. And there were periods where they would go all the way from midfield up to five metre line and, and they were making steady gains. So your point isn't that Ireland are... are impenetrable or or, or can't be got at it's the scramble at the end of you know the the, right right at the death where they're very very difficult to get past
0: Uh, yeah they are they are i think you know it is the scramble but then i think you know we we don't like the the try against uh against scotland at the weekend by our standards in the end it was probably just a little bit a little bit too soft, you know. There was an uncertainty from Gary Ringrose as to whether Bundy was going to get out on t- to Tui Tupilupu? No, that's not right. Tui Tupu. Thank you. Um, and then, and then Hugh Jones runs these brilliant lines, but but Gary was done because he wasn't sure who his man was, and and for me, it felt as though we should have had one more tackle, there should have been one more ruck there going on what we've seen previously from this Irish team and their their ability to get their spacings and make good tackles off the line. But beyond that, and the van der Merver break, felt very much in control. Um, there was lots of misses, but what do the misses do? And, and we'll talk about the Gary Ringrose stuff and his misses are all forcing the player back inside. He never misses them on the outside. So that's why the head collision happened is because the last place he wants to do is get burnt on the outside by a faster player, because then the scramble has further to go or your winger might have to jam in. Whereas if he's able to put massive pressure and, and close the space on the outside and they and they revert back inside, that's into the teeth of the scramble. And it also changes that point of attack and, and stutters at um, you know, the momentum of, of, of their go forward. So there's, there's method to that madness. And the the... The misses are are considerable at times, but it's actually what the outcome and the effect of those misses does. It forces something that the opposition don't want to do. Play to a space and an area that isn't as effective as the alternative to um, to, to getting to the edge.
1: Yeah. Uh, so first half, Ireland that said took some punches, uh, but we're we're comfortable ish considering. number of injuries and and, and just the frenetic nature of that first half why in the second half do they go to different level
0: i just think that there's there's different gears in this team and um i think a lot of it too in test match rugby is you've got to wear the opposition down it's you know the against the better sides they don't roll over you don't have it all your way in the first 40 minutes a lot of it is about nip and tuck and about about you know maybe with this irish team we've gotten we've been a bit spoiled that we've been in massive control in games with you know within the first half and and in one or two instances they've been out of sight and totally in cruise control whereas you know against a good side you know away from home it was always going to be very tight in the first half and more often than not you rely on your bench then to 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 really change things up in the second half obviously a lot of the bench came on earlier than you would have hoped for but I think there's just there's a calmness and a, and a realization that when bodies do get tired, that if they keep their shape and they keep running good lines and being viable options, that they have the X factor to be able to create space and, and opportunities, which ultimately they did do. Um, and and if you look at you know there's a couple of the you know the the ball retention on the James Lowe try and and then, you know, Gibson Park coming on. What about his addition, which w- which was outstanding. Um, you know, the, the couple of passes that he gave that were the pass for, the, for the James Lowe try or the one to Mack Hansen for the Conan try. um, or that, that break up the touchline, the pass into James uh, Ryan, which should have been the, the try bonus. Like there are three really important passes in the context of the game. So I think they feel as though with fast ruck ball, with accuracy in their shape, that they will get tired bodies in the last 20 minutes of games, which transpired to be the case.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of an extraordinary thing to say that Ireland look fitter than most teams as well. I, I, I genuinely believe
0: that's a point of difference too. I really do. It, it, it feels as though, and also what they're doing is there's, I watched, it, and it's not just the back three. It, there's, this, there's a real cleverness to not overloading rucks when they're done and getting back and realigning and regenerating. Um, and this, there's real smarts there from Van der Fleer, from you know, the front row at times, um, of seeing that there's two people to clear a ruck. Right, if I'm not going to be in the next phase, where am I in the one after that? And I think they are, we always talk about Johnny Sexton being a couple of phases ahead. I think at times some of our team right now is one phase ahead of the opposition, thinking where is the next likelihood Chan's going to be. And and then they ha- they still have a reaction capability of of being able to bounce away when when a team overfolds they can still sit in behind the rook and then break down the side they've just come from mm. which happened on, on one or two occasions so for me they're just thinking their way around creating chances waiting for that what what that mirror looks like if if the defence doesn't mirror the attack will you go that side and you see Johnny pointing side to side because that's all he's trying to do he's trying to create an overfold or an underfold and they sweep on an underfold on an overfold they go back this they go back
1: the opposite and, way. And and do you put that intellect, I suppose, down to superior coaching?
0: Coaching and and ten thousand hours and, and and understanding that, that concept about doing it time and again because you have to realize as well a lot of what they're doing is what Leinster have been doing for four or five years and be blue in the face and you know people from different parts of the country might love hearing that but that's the reality a lot of a large part of this template of what we're seeing now um, with, with lots of nuances has come from the Leinster model. And they've just, they're drilled into them. So their lines of running, understanding what they're trying to do, because that's half the battle with players is actually getting the repetition of doing the same thing, but then showing slightly different pictures. Uh, first of all, you have to understand what you're, why you're, what you're trying to do to create space. And then it's just the repetition of making it second nature.
1: The fitness superiority is very interesting, isn't it? Given. You know, everybody has access to the same sports science, you would think. A, there should be no gulf there, but it, it does look that way. It really does. But then, you know, back in 2011, I don't know whether it was
0: Gat's brainwashing. He was, you know, he used to bark on about his team being the fittest. And sometimes it's a frame of mind, you know, whether you are, you whether you're posting better scores than than other teams, it's probably unlikely. But what you, when you look like you have a very very clear idea of what you're trying to do in your game plan I suppose fitness conservation is key because you're not running to dead spaces you're not working unnecessarily and so maybe they're keeping it in the locker for the times that actually they have an effect on the game but but one other thing as well I think there's great leadership in some of the quieter players or some of the um, players that maybe don't have you know huge numbers of caps like for the um, for the Mac Hansen try, Johnny carries into the ruck, and both Gary and and Hugo Keenan set up the next play because they realise that there's an opportunity of getting them out wide. Mac is out on the touchline, and they set up their little pod, throw it in behind Gary, and um, someone runs short on Gary, throw it out the back to to Hugo, and then he throws this you know money ball out to Mac when he's when he's identified that Van der Merwe has has come in and and defended opposite to what the rest of the team are doing mm-hmm. and it's and it's try time and i think they exposed van der merv i don't know whether there's a lot of talk during the week because we know how, how effective he is going forward with ball in hand but i think he actually really hurt scotland on on a few occasions defensively got caught on the conan try and on the um and on the mccanson try and then at least twice certainly that that Keenan tackle, not getting that offload away to Finn Russell or to Stain or not even looking to get the offload yeah. away is the real killer for me. Um, because it's all well and good when you're scoring worldly tries like he scored against England, but against better defences, you, you have to be able to unlock them with your passing game and your offloading game. And I, I made reference during the game um, about the difference, a big difference between the two teams was the offloading and passing ability of Mac Hansen versus van der, der Merva's lack of. Mm. Um, and and I think, you know, that was clearly evident because, you know, there was one try scored by Max passing and then one denied by a lack of with van der Merva. And all of a sudden, if you swing those two tries, you know, it's it's game on. You know, we've won by 12. That's a, that's potentially a 12, 14-point swing.
1: And with that Hansen try... Should Stuart Hogg have been covering?
0: I, I was looking at that too. I, I, I want more from my fifteen at that there. You know, he's he's right stuck in behind the rook. I think you've got to favour the open side a little bit, and and he's got to read it a little bit better. Again, Stuart Hogg is fa- has been a fantastic player for Scotland, particularly in attack. But I don't know if positionally it's been the strongest part of his game. I, you know, watching him in the Lions um and and kind of you know, speaking to, to, to people over the course of the last few years, I think there is a feeling that he can be targeted of not being in the perfect spot. And again, you've got to bust a gut to make sure that you're the secondary defense when you are exposed out wide. And for me, he, he, he goes across the line, but you've got to really be motoring. You've got to be really, got, get on your heels or on your toes, I should say. If that's Hugo Keenan there, for me, I think he gets to the corner. He might make an effective tackle, but I think it's potentially a two-man tackle versus Hug being two or three metres off the pace.
1: So we've mentioned Mack and we've mentioned Gibson Park and everybody has genuflected before Keane Healy and Van der Fleer for obvious reasons which other irish performers caught your eye and why um i thought um i thought james ryan you
0: know, like very very good he was he you know he had lots of involvement um again you know just a lot of dirty work you know re- clearing lots of rooks being the effective um guy you know in securing ball he he, he looks like he's super fit and it's funny you know i look at at you look at his game when he broke onto the scene, and the way Ireland were playing, and the attritional nature of it. And I thought this guy's not going to make twenty-seven or eight. He, he's going to be punched, punched out yeah. by, by in the collision zone. And this game plan has given him a completely new lease of life. He's not not necessarily the the ball player that a Ty Burn is or or some of the back rowers are, but. He's very effective. He's the workhorse in that second row, where Henderson might be a better ball carrier, but he, he's, you know, he's the guy that is happy to do all the all the kind of the dog the donkey work um, for one of a an, another expression. But yet still very capable when he does get his ball his hands on the ball, and he, he'd be very annoyed that he didn't manage to get that offload away to Bundy. But like his support play in the Welsh game for for his try the the, the opening try. Like you got to run those lines. You got to be there. You got to be able to read the game ahead of time and understand where the where you know the space is going to be. And he's obviously a very very good footballer, but a footballer that has a an engine and a work ethic that every second row needs.
1: Mm. Uh, so is this game plan that they're playing now? For is Conan this as well, Conan? Conan, of course, yeah, yeah. I, I I
0: think coming on and 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 I've said in the past that you know, one of the, my concerns. time with Conan has been that he he, he has huge games but then sometimes can come into a game and maybe not be as impactful Um, but I, I you know whatever about the numbers I you know that his carries his tackles I just thought he was unbelievably busy having had a bit of a quiet game against Italy it really felt as though you know, Doris was a was a huge loss in the eight jersey, but I think on, on his exit, Conan really stepped up to the plate in this game and, and delivered a, a top quality performance.
1: Mm. Uh, on that point about Ryan's body holding up and, and being um, more likely to with this game plan, is that across the board, Brian, for most players, if I think back to the game few. you? years ago it was very rook focused one-off carries hit those rooks and keep smashing those rooks and get up and smash the next rook and you know let's see how you are in a decade whereas a lot more running passing offloading now but
0: like the, if, if you think about it we're not we're never going to be the biggest team you know we've got to play a game that's you, you, we were very efficient at that game for a period of time but the, the reality is sides thought that if they could dominate us physically, which some did, the English team, South African, New Zealanders at times. If we could be dominated physically, well, then we had no second, we had no alternative game plan. Whereas this is different. Yes, we're still physical, we're still confrontational, but an awful lot of this is about trying to get to space. It's not trying to show our, our manhood and taking on the opposition. It's about trying to Show a couple of different pictures and choose the one that's going to be, you know, less confrontational. Um, and and that's why we see our wingers getting so many touches. They are incredibly busy getting off their wings. You know, looking sometimes it's lovely to watch. And I saw it a couple of times in the Italian game. Is they're linking together? Yeah. You know, how many teams do you see with two wingers playing side by side? Mm you know they're probably told by the coaches you got to hold your width well someone else can hold the width we've got our we've got our six and our eight out on the touchline at times our hooker on the other touch line they're all great athletes so i think to have those two playing together with their passing and offloading ability they're going to create space wherever they are so get those skillful players in in units together
1: um even if they are playing on opposite wings and it like it's such a joy to watch and you know i, I was watching the game with someone and even the Hansen try with Sexton buried in a ruck and just the hands and the movement and the slickness of it all out to Hansen I did find myself half saying if we were to put those colours a different colour and pixelate the heads and say guess the team you'd still know in, on some level that's this current Irish team like it, it is beautiful to watch with the likes of Hansen and Lowe coming in and linking up uh, for you are they are they just kind of seeking involvement and working off instinct or, or to what extent is that coordinated because it looks like they're just getting involved and following instinct plenty
0: i think it's a it's, it's that it, there's a structure in place but i think there's a real ability to go and, and and play what you see and and just and back your decision not every decision is going to be correct you're you're going to go down you know the dark alleys at times but find a way out of it and then how do you regenerate after that when you make a poor decision don't uh, reinforce it with with a second one, but I think you look at the small things, the small little components that I think are so key, and and to understand getting the mentality of the Scottish defence. On that Mac Hansen try, when when Ringrose gets the ball, go back and have a look at Hugo Keenan's line. I can't remember which who the forward is that that plays in front of him, but. Wait, watch how late he bounces out. And what does that do? It means that the defender, who's too, too polluted, um I'm going to get his name right by the end of the show. <laughs> uh, but he, he, all he sees is two players in behind one another. So he doesn't have a nervousness about being stretched out wide. And just at the last second, Keenan breaks late in behind that forward runner. And that's what an interests Van Der Merva. Then all of a sudden he's like, oh my God, I don't know if my inside defender has that. He has a fraction of a second delay. Keenan throws that magnificent 20 meter pass and then it's too late. Mm. So it's those small little details about the lateness of the runs, the bounce late. If you show early, a defender's gonna go with you. If you show late and bounce on the pass, they're already stuck inside and then you're accelerating onto it already. So it's the it's it's that tiny detail for me, is the big differentiator between what Ireland are doing and lots of the game plans across the world are, are of are a similar ilk yeah. but yet actually the detail is much more impressive than what we're currently doing. Others will catch up um, but I, I think for now that's where we you know, we, we're better than the teams that we've played of late. Uh,
1: to veer into, because uh, I'm uncomfortable with how it's become so fashionable to like look at the Joe Schmidt era, still currently the most successful era in Irish rugby, and and, and almost uh, just point to all the ills. Uh, but the point has been made: this team is so much more adaptable than that team, and that's borne out, you know, in, in headline terms by Van der Fleer and Keane Healy uh, versus oh the bus was late to Murrayfield, and you know the slightest thing upsets our our plan, which is built around being perfect. Uh, to what extent do you subscribe to that, that this team is just so much more adaptable, can, can, can do it 10 different ways? And, and why is that?
0: Um, I, I think they're really enjoying what they're doing. I think by, by the end of the Joe era, I think there was a nervousness around training, around you know, parts of the environment. And, and, um, and I think that took over. I think you know it was so well drilled. It, it to a point, it was very effective. But then there's um, there's you know there's a a point that you get to where it everyone works you out, and then you know if it doesn't work out for you, the way it had previously, you've got to find an evolution, and, and Ireland never did. And as but yes, the the top. Behind it was well, let's work harder at what we've done previously, and and that's never going to work. You have to evolve and change to 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 keep teams on their on their toes. And I just got the sense that the the fun was was taken out of it a small bit. Whereas I think if you look at the fun and the, the conversation, the chat coming from large parts of the squad, it's about this brilliant environment. And I I I think it's unfair to to kind of. It's always when we draw in comparisons with Joe's um squads, mm. um, but that's you know the the last very successful team. Um, but it does feel as though there's comparisons being made to the feeling within that at the end versus where they are now. That's the way I'm reading between the lines on it. Um, but they're whatever they're doing, it's it's working a treat because they they seem to be enjoying each other's company. and it's, When you're winning you know of course that paper's over cracks but it doesn't look as though there's many cracks at the middle
1: and to be fair i mean the players are pretty upfront about it like andrew porter in the sunday times at the weekend towards the end of an amazing interview he did just remark that towards the end of the schmidt era he was counting the speed bumps on the drive up to carton house uh dreading it effectively because it was such a stressful environment and these days he says his fiance jokes that he can't wait to Get away from her and get back into camp because it's it's such a great place to be and he, he's one of a long queue of players uh, making that point. Uh, one uh, last one, and then we'll, we'll turn towards England. Uh, we talked about this a lot last night. Gordon Darcy was was very interesting on it, but I'd be curious for your thoughts. Uh, the breathing exercises, the Gary Keegan effect. You know, Gordon was was making the point that that's a lovely layer on top, especially when things are going well. I mean, if, if, you know, you're England at Twickenham and, and you're trying to get in and do more breathing exercises, it's difficult for everyone to to buy into that. But if you can get to a place where everything is going well and then you add in that sense of being in the moment they have, then it's really powerful. But it's it's not like, you know, if England start doing that this week, it's going to work somehow. Uh, were you into that or, or where were you on that spectrum?
0: Not really. That was it's probably come in after after that. Um, and listen, if. if if all of that was taking place even when i was playing it was kind of very an individual thing um and it's actually probably something that now you you know from a life point of view i'd be more inclined to be to, to take part in irrespective of of what they're doing from a rugby point of view i think breathing has become way more of a of a relaxant, of uh, of kind of a a leveler, um, and an an ability to be able to control your emotions and not get too pent up about something, and and the more you kind of read about it, the more you listen to it, and, and even the greatest cynics, when when they try it, have had success from it. So. Um, yeah, I think it, you don't want to be relying on it as a as a crutch, so to speak. But yes, if you are doing well and then you're adding it as an, an extra dimension, like you said, to what you're doing, well, it's going to add value to it. So, yeah, I, I think it's just the next evolution of professionalism, isn't it? And trying to get that. 1 or 2% edge that's all it is now all of these different components it's not not game breaking or game changing but it's just adding to an, an element of professionalism like but even even like in camp when i was in camp a few weeks ago watching some of the boys like they're we- they're wearing their their you know tight socks you know just after dinner and just making sure that their level of, of profession they leave no stone unturned mm-hmm. and you know constantly all the hydration stuff that's second nature, but it's those small things around what works for you and, and the individual discovering how they get peak performance. The, the, my body, my business thing is so true because no one know, knows you like you and what, what, what gets the most out of you and what works for you might not necessarily work for the next guy, but you shouldn't poo poo it because if it's getting him performing at an elite level, well, um, yeah, you know, good. Good on him, but it it doesn't
1: necessarily. You know, it's not one size fits all. No, sure, and and I mean, even there's placebo benefits if nothing else. And, and when they're and, and like there's there's that moment where they're waiting for the injury, and the Irish team are in a circle doing their breathing, and the Scottish lads are standing around. And it does just—it's another half a percent into the aura that this team has now. Like you look across, and it's like, jeez, these—they're doing meditation here in the middle of this damn game. Like, what? These are not human anymore, you know? Yeah, I suppose.
0: Like, and, and listen—they're—they're they're not doing it for the for the for the for the cameras, you know. They're doing it for for effectiveness and just to kind of reset. And and obviously, those in moments like that, when there's big delays, it can be a real distract. Um, distraction from where you were. So it's just a, again, it's just that reset
1: of going, OK, here we go. Recalibrate and, and off we go again. So next, yeah, le- next level is for them to get in the Buddha position, doing it on the pitch. That's when they're really going to start, you know, down in their hunkers. Then or dog. <laughs> um, so look, it was it was an amazing performance for all the reasons that we have discussed and have been discussed at length over the last 48 hours. England coming to Dublin. Sexton's last Six Nations game, the record for him, uh, the Grand Slam—more uh, to the point at stake, uh, first Grand Slam in Dublin. Paddy's week. I mean, we can go on and on and on and on. This is just uh, a massive, massive uh, few days. Uh, I mean, it, it's a weird thing to say. Oh nine, it had been so long since Ireland had done it, and Cardiff was Cardiff. Eighteen, you're trying to do it at Twickenham as well as that team is playing. Like, there's such a sense of expectation, and that Ireland are going to do it around a Grand Slam. I, like, like it, it is amazing. Like, th- this is, this is as close as will ever come, I would think, in our rugby lifetimes to you know, what time is the Grand Slam presentation at? Is the air? <laughs>
0: that's true. It's true. It's um, it would be a huge term for the books. It would be, and that's the reality of where these two teams have gone over the course of the last year. You know, after the Eddie Jones tenure, we knew it wasn't going to be a quick fix for for England, but it definitely hasn't materialized or, or moved forward like they would have hoped over the course of this Six Nations. So I'm sure there's some nervousness not only within the general public or the or a few but within their squad that they haven't been able to connect uh, as quickly as as maybe Steve Warthwick had done previously in Leicester and, and likewise with Kevin Sinfield but um, but a big pre-season together will make a huge difference to to this England team. But as as Borthwick said in 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 the press during the week, you know there is it feels like a big gulf between them and the top tier teams at the moment, and 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 I'd have to say it's hard to disagree with that. Yeah, it does feel as though on lots of levels um on quality of personnel coming through but then also a clarity around how you want to play the game it does feel as though there are a number of rungs behind where we've managed to develop our game in the last 2 years we're just in a better part of our cycle thankfully going into the world cup but it doesn't i guess it doesn't guarantee anything but it does feel as though the consistency of what how we're trying to play gives us a, a real comfort with with you know the irrespective of the opposition that we're coming up against. Whereas with England, I don't think you know what what their game plan is, what their shape is properly yet. They don't know who their best number ten is. They're they're trying out different combinations in the centre. Henry Slade didn't have a great game at thirteen. On and I'm a Henry Slade fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and up front, they got monstered. Yeah, you know, they they were. They were anonymous in, in certain positions. So, yeah, I think a good bit of soul searching going on in, in England at yeah, the moment.
1: Because at, at the start of the championship, a lot of people said, well, come round five, they'll be a lot better. And, and instead yeah. of gradually coming together, it's it's almost coming apart at the seams. I mean, we'll... we'll Borthwick will look at Ireland and and Dublin is he just going to say right I'm going to pick my biggest guys and play the most reductive game imaginable let's try and smash a few people and and make this ugly is it, like that, that feels about the the best they can muster up at this stage
0: yeah i think the kick contest game will be huge from their point of view um if they can get the ascendancy there it will mean um you know they can they can deny Ireland possession the possession game that they like um you know, make it set piece oriented although careful what you wish for because you know looking at the the English scrum at, at the weekend you know I wouldn't have said Ireland would be particularly nervous um at it you know we we've been been able to more than hold our own against the best teams in the world if anything i think they'll fancy their chances at scrum time um you know, the English maul, uh, a weapon that they usually are able to rely on, has been pretty disappointing. Um, and, I, and I genuinely, if you look across, I'm definitely not going to get drawn into what English players would get picked in our team uh, conversation. And <laughs> again, well, it's at none now, surely. Fool me, me once. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it does feel as though if you ask lots of English players, or, or English public, you know. Right now, uh, Ireland's strength of players across the board does feel stronger. That where they are, the confidence they're playing, and yeah. um, and the clarity with which they're playing. So, um, yeah, it's like everything is pointing towards uh, an Irish victory, but. I, I've been caught with it in the past, and and you True. can't you can't just expect to get it done. It, you know, it's still rugby's still about emotion. It's about playing scared sometimes, and it's rare enough that an England team will come across to Dublin. You know, very fearful mm-hmm. of of what you know what they could go home with. So that will bring out a, a far greater performance than we saw in Twickenham last weekend.
1: Remind me though, I, I have a hazy memory of this. Is this the eve of the nineteen game? You said only twoalaghi were getting the Irish side. Is it that? I I, I don't even I don't even know if Tualagi,
0: um made the team. Okay. I I think my my point was. It was on the back of the of the New Zealand performance. I was like, it's very hard to not pick any of those, but yes, I I gave a headline that, on reflection, you know, I should have thrown even for for token sake. Even if I didn't think it, I should have cut myself some slack and gone a Toji polo. of which both of them would have gotten in our team. Let's be honest. Yeah, I I, I probably yeah maybe I was
1: fangirling Ireland a bit too much. On Sorry, the- I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that anymore. Am I? Uh I I don't know. On the uh ten situation like are they just going to say to Marcus Smith after a weird few days in his life out then back in they have uh, to they like, have to stick with Marcus Smith. They could ruin they have, him, couldn't they? they?
0: Have to stick with Marcus Smith. I don't think he was the problem. I no, Really don't. No. He really wasn't. Like I think his kicking game needs a good bit of work. Like the spiral bomb on the free kick like like I don't know what that was. You know, you can't give access to teams. Those moments are actually crucial towards developing momentum and forcing pressure on the opposition. He gives someone a free shot like that to catch and they brood it 50 yards down the field. Like that's there. He has to understand that they're big moments and the accuracy around needed around that is is really important. I thought he had a very poor kicking game against South Africa in November. First 25 minutes with you know three or four very, very loose kicks that did nothing. And so I think that part of his game definitely needs shoring up. But I think if they drop him now and go back to Farrell at ten, it, it could break him. And I think it would it would do it could potentially do damage to um to Bortwick in you know that uncertainty, that yo-yoing of one in, one out, one in, one out ultimately he's probably waiting for george ford to come back who might be his his answer but i think it's a bit early from his achilles injury to put him in, put him in i think he's right to hold him back for now mm. but I, I would expect you might see a good bit of george ford in in the world cup later in the year
1: okay ring rose out injured and we wish him well presumably henshaw is at 13 and that allays any fears of a repeat of rome yeah, yeah and I think, you know, with Robbie he's a, he's accustomed
0: in the 13 jersey and and he's one of those guys that you'd have no fear that had um has had a, a a long layoff from a fitness point of view. I remember seeing him previously having had a long layoff and his first game back with Leinster he was close to, you know, player of the match.
1: Oh yeah. That was against he, the, the Ospreys in the in the Heineken Cup, yeah. yeah. He he was outstanding.
0: And and I think He's he's just one of those guys. You wouldn't say that of everyone, but he's one of those guys that you wouldn't be anyway fearful uh, coming in. His his engine is one of his great traits, and so um, and not to say there won't be the odd bit of rustiness here and there, but his his footballing understanding, particularly defensively, is very very strong. I wouldn't anticipate that he'll try and make as many reads as Gary has done in this Six Nations, but he'll. Um, but he'll he'll have a very clear picture as to what way he wants to defend with Bundy, and obviously that partnership from his Connacht days is is all important. So yeah, I don't think you do lose something on on the confidence of what Gary's doing and and how he's defending on behalf of the team. But I think yeah, as a player, um, Robbie is you know is you should be careful not to be the forgotten man. He's he's been an outstanding performer mm-hmm. for. For Ireland over the course of the last three or four seasons. And for me, absolute automatic selection when, when fully fit.
1: Yeah. Um, 09 versus 23, so different. I, I presume that was a very nervous week and a week full of angst and expectation and excitement, I'm sure, as well. I, I don't know how these players are uh, feeling, but certainly the, the hype will ratchet up. Um, Johnny Sexton was asked about, you know, that there's been some big days in. You know, you've lost a couple of finals. And so, you know, is that is that lurking there? And he's, he said, well, we treated the third test in New Zealand as a final and we won that. And we've won lots of finals with Leinster. So, you know, I'm not too worried about that at all. It's it's hard to imagine this team being spooked or, or overcooked emotionally. Uh, but, but that said, like, it's not an easy week. It's a long week, I would think. Yeah,
0: um, the only good thing is you're insulated away from it all, you know, other than the break tomorrow evening and home on Thursday, but you'll try and keep away from you know the distractions. But that's the beauty of camp. You know, yes, you are seeing it on social media and in the press and whatnot. And and it's very hard to even if you're not that guy that that's you know keeping an eye on what's been said, it's so hard these days to actually avoid it. Mm. Um, but it's it's a very different place in camp than it is um, in the in the wider public when everyone's talking about it. You're talking about your own messaging and what's relevant to you, um, rather than the overall. You know, oh my gosh, we might be winning a grand slam. It's it's, it's it, you are all teams are process teams. You know, you're not you don't get overawed by what might come on Saturday night, particularly this team. So, uh, I think they'll just be looking at really good quality. Training sessions each day, good yeah. gym, and and just going day by day by day on it, and, yeah. and not going. Yeah, I think if you if you work backwards, you know, I I, I think you, you it could catch up with you in in some capacity. I think just enjoying each day, and because like the environment is so great, so they've only got you know four more days together, yeah, and um, and and so to just kind of relish that,
1: yeah. What odds for a score will be Johnny Sexton penalty, regardless of where that penalty is given? Yeah, posts, done. Give it to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, or drop goal. Drop goal, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean... So I saw Raj talking about it. You know, no one wants to lose a record. No, they are tough. there to be broken. No one wants to lose a record. So... Um, but yes, um, you know, if you are consistent as, as long as Johnny's been um, you're going to put yourself in, in, in the frame for it and, and you know he'll enjoy taking the record from from Raj I'm sure and, and who knows what will come in you know, with Owen Farrell or, or with somebody else in the years to come it will be broken also but um, yeah I think Johnny deserves you know everything that comes to him at, at the weekend because he's been so consistently good for Ireland and, and gotten better for them in, in, in the last four or five years how pivotal he's
1: been Uh, One last quick point, going back to something you mentioned at the start when you were talking about Ringrose. So his desperation to stop the play developing in a certain way may be contributed to him getting the, the don't where he did well i just think the margin
0: for error is so tiny now and, and and any movement you know it was funny i was watching the game with my game with my dad and uh, my dad goes um, how did he not get his head out of there i was like did you see how fast he went into that like we're talking hundreds of a second reaction time and if you don't the faster you go into it um, and it's I'd quite say kamikaze style but it's it's with such force and such courage that it's not reckless, but it's it's almost reckless abandon for his own for his own being and his own and his own body. But yet the more he does that, the more risk he runs on having those head on hip. Will
1: he, will he have to curb it? Will he have to curb it? I,
0: I think he could just roll it back in a fraction for his own safety, you know? Like if you want to finish games, it's there's something hugely his um, warrior-like it really is it's not for everyone that sort of tackle technique of body on the line mm. want to really smash people and make an impact for your team but you also want to finish 18 minutes you want to play in the biggest games and it's it's really unfortunate for him that he's going to miss out on on the big one this um this coming weekend, he he deserves it. The form that he's had, what he's done for Ireland over the course of this Six Nations, and he's he, you know he's he's had a few of them. He has had a few of them, and and some you know I've I've watched him. I've watched him closely. I remember Keith Wood you know used to send me text messages when he finished up and 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 being concerned about you know your safety and you're like oh no you're grand and then when you finish up and you look at other players and you kind of go oh you you worry a little about their safety and maybe you keep a bit more of an eye on them so just you know sometimes your courage can get the better of you yeah Um,
1: his his (laughs) his um his ultra boy good looks can kind of disguise the fact that he is unbelievably brave, and he does take punishment and, and keeps going.
0: I, I think it's gone to another level too, Joe. In the last season, I really do. I think he's. It's something he's he's really targeted that part of his game, and um and and really taken. What is it? He's yeah. He's. I think he really enjoys it. Mm. I, I really think he enjoys it because sometimes the expectation when you're a smooth silky runner is that you, you don't have to play that be that guy as well. But I think he'd take umbrage to the fact that he he's not an all court player, someone thinking that. And I think he's really getting after that side of the game in a in a very effective way for game, you know, but occasionally to the detriment of his own health. Yeah. So um yeah, I I, I feel for him, I really do, because it's it's He's been he's been really really great. That that game against France, I just thought he was it was a it was a
1: nine and a half out of ten performance. So uh, you seem to be tipping Ireland. I mean, by how much are you thinking?
0: I, it's really hard. It's really hard to to properly know what um, what the outcome is going to be. I think we don't know the team yet what's going to happen at hooker i think rob herring by the way everyone's talking about all oh, losing the two rob herring's a really great third hooker to have mm. he'd be un- unlucky to not have gotten more game time so I, I, I there's no nervousness around him coming in obviously if he was to get injured then you're looking into you know uncharted territory but i um, i think you're probably you know i don't know uh, an eight or ten point victory would, you know, is that? Who knows? But you know, belongs a piece of string? You know, it it really depends on what England turns up and the emotion that they come with and the physicality they come with. But I still think, irrespective of that, that Ireland should have too much for them, and you know, have Ireland the capabilities on the back of what we've seen previously to to put 25 or 30 points on on England, I, I would say, on that England team of what we've seen, I would say yes. Mm. Um, and then if you look at the other side, defensively, have England shown enough, an, enough in, in the Six Nations so far to score 30 points against this Irish defence? I'd probably argue no. So pick the number in between there. Um, but, you know,
1: now that you're putting...
0: A gun to my head. I'm going to say Ireland
1: by ten. Okay, very good. Listen, hopefully an extraordinary uh, day for Irish rugby ahead. Thank you so much. Nice and Joe. Cheers. Cheers. To you. Brian O'Driscoll on off the ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.